Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio here on KTSW 89.9. I'm your host, Justin Brown, alongside producer Gage Sutton and my wonderful co-host, Ryan Liguez. Today we'll have a jam-packed episode where we'll talk about Texas State baseball, softball, football, track, and even esports with the usual national news. But before we get to all that, let's throw it to Ryan from a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Ryan. We will be starting off here today with our Texas State baseball team, who unfortunately lost 9-12 yesterday and when they, as they went against Sam Houston State in Huntsville. Now, guys, what are your thoughts on this? I saw them last year. I mean, I mean, last week they won a playoff. I mean, they won a, sorry, a series, but they lost against University of Incarnate Ward, and, and it, was a it was really a non-conference game. But these small games kind of are very important if you look down the stretch. Now, is this a sign of inconsistency? What do you all think? Um, I mean, you know, I think these midweek games are important. They're not the most important games of the week. Obviously, you know, I think uh, the weekend series against Coastal Carolina, Texas State played very well, winning 2-1. And, uh, you know, I, I feel obviously everyone thinks the weekend series are more important. But, you know, as one of the best, better teams in the nation, I believe Texas State is still going to be ranked in this upcoming poll. Um, so, you got to start taking those games a little more seriously because yeah, you know, it might be just one loss on your record compared to if you lose a series, it's three games or whatever, but those are games that are going to help you improve as a team. Those are teams that like you're not used to seeing. So like once the tournament comes around and you're seeing all these schools from different conferences and stuff, you got to be prepared for that. You got to be able to, I mean, this might be a little bit of a pun, but you got to be ready for a curveball. <laughs> good one. Thanks. Gotcha. And <laughs> that was a good joke. And, um, also, kind of to add to that, and kind of like what we alluded to when I was here on Monday, you know, um, going into this game, like I said, it's midweek, you know, it's kind of not a, like a whatever game, but, you know, it, it's not a series, but, you know, it is a game that you should look forward to and, you know, try and, you know, try and do your best. And, you know, Sam Houston, they're no slouch. I mean, they're 10-3 and three at home and, you know, playing in Huntsville. We knew going in, it was it was going to be a pretty good game. You know, they're I mean, that's their home. They're going to come out to play. And so I think, you know, them losing at home or at, in Huntsville, you know, it's it's bad. I don't think it's a sign of inconsistency in a way because they have been pretty consistent this whole season. And, you know, the bats have been hot. But, you know, the bats have usually been hot in a series. And, you know, these one-off games, you know, in UIW, you know, Cardinal Word and, Sam, and you know, in Huntsville, you know, to get, you know, not seeing those teams a lot, it really – that's what they got to work on is seeing those teams they haven't seen before and kind of just – Trying to win that one game instead of a series. Yeah. And, I mean, overall, if you're a Bobcat baseball fan, you should not be upset with that loss. I mean, again, it's a midweek game. And, you know, there's there are going to be some Longhorn fans who are going to say, well, it was a midweek game when you guys beat us. It doesn't matter. Midweek <laughs> games, you know, you come out to play. You should, you know, try to win. Um, but as of right now, I still like the position the Bobcats are in. They're playing really well against the people they should be playing well against. And uh, they've got App State this weekend. And they're coming into this thing 10-13. and 13, So, I got another Bobcat series win, and I mean, if they just keep playing this way, 
I don't, who knows where this team can go. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that series this weekend. It's it's going to be very interesting to see. I think these games in midweek, they're a way for you to gain some momentum going into that uh, to that series, you know. And I think after this weekend, they're going to have to play against Texas A&M. And uh, that's another midweek game that's going to happen next week. And I'll be interested to see what they can do there. We have a reporter going out there. We have Nolan going out there. That's going to be pretty exciting for him. But, uh, you know, I hopefully they can get some momentum with that. Uh, this series up uh, in, you know, in Appalachian State, and hopefully they can get that Texas A&M dub. Gotcha. And another thing, you know, in, in sports in general, and, you know, especially with, with Texas State and their baseball team, have a short memory. You know, like, you lose this game against Sam Houston, you know, but you got to get ready for the series, you know. You want to win three games, or do you want to just win that one game, you know, or, you know, let that loss in, in, the, mid, in the midweek really affect your mindset going into that series, and then you might end up losing the series. So I guess, you know, they got to have a short, you know, they know, they know how good they are, and they know what they can do. So I guess, you know, just have a short-term memory for this one. Yep, and that was our uh, recap of baseball. Now we have softball, who is 5-4 and four in conference. We saw them win that Coastal Carolina series with a whole sweep where they finished it off 9-0. and oh. And we were talking about them not being able to score. Is this a different, is this a shift of gears for the softball team? And they're going to be taking against, U, they're going to be going against UTSA here in San Antonio at 6 p.m. tonight. UTSA is 3-3 three and three in conference. What are you expecting to see from the softball team? Is this a chance for them to switch gears and get back to winning? Absolutely. I think, you know, right now the momentum's in their favor. Their uh, their overall record right now is uh, 17 and 13, and they're on a three-game win streak. So right now is your opportunity, and it is a midweek game. Uh, we, we always get caught up with these midweek games, but <laughs> they should beat UTSA, my uh, San Antonio school. You know, I'm from San Antonio. So uh, go ahead and beat those road owners, guys. Um, but, you know, I, I think looking at the softball team, at the beginning of the season, we weren't really sure if they were going to look like we saw what we saw last year in the past couple of years from them. Um, but since since this last you know winning streak and I guess this last couple stretch of games, they've looked a lot better. Uh, I feel like they're sign- they're finally starting to put it together. And luckily, this is a long season, so they still got a little while to go. And I'm interested to see what you guys think of uh, I guess their projection for the rest of the season. Do you think they'll be at the top of the Sun Belt when it's all said and done? Um, I don't necessarily think they'll be at the top. They'll be close, but, you know, they really need to tighten things up. And, like, that's another thing we talked about, you know, early in the season when we really didn't know what their lineup was going to look like, you know, because they had a lot of, you know, a lot of freshmen, and then you had some some vets. But, you know, you didn't know where everyone was going to fit in and how things were going to go. Yeah, and not to mention, like, some of the really bad losses they've had. Because they've had some really great wins, too. I mean, you talk about the win at Boise State, or the win against Boise State, the win against Iowa State. Um, and then you look at the loss against Texas A&M. You know, there are just a couple games in there where it's, like, kind of inconsistent. We see them beating these higher-tier Division One schools, and we're like, yeah, Texas State softball's back on top. And then, you know, kind of drop something that they should win. But, you know, I think it's just the kind of the momentum of the season. Yeah, I like how you said they had some good wins because they really have. If you look back on this uh, this season, the series sweep they had against Coastal Carolina, first one of the of the series Friday they had eight and two, they won it. Saturday they had nine and zero, oh, nine runs, pretty great. And Sunday they fought nine to seven to win that one. And we were talking about them not being able to score runs. It looked like they were losing by just two to one runs in most of these games. And and we were talking about that harping on it. And it looks like they hurt us as they have just been really being able to hit it out of the park on that one. So you know that is our softball team right now. And if any, any final thoughts before we go on a break? Gotcha. Yeah. So you know when it comes to the softball team, I think defensively they've always been good. It's just you know like you said, getting those hits, getting those runs, getting the bats hot. And, you know, this season has been very weird for everybody. I feel like in all sports, you know, kind of getting back to that regular, that normalcy. 
And, you know, so things like, you know, all these inconsistencies, that, that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, I, it's good to see them, you know, finally getting those bad talks. You know, he said nine, like nine runs. I know early in the season, it was not like that. Mm-mm. I don't think we were scoring nine runs at all. You know, maybe five, maybe four. But, you know, good to see them defensively being good and, you know, now getting the bad talk. I think we're finally getting back to normalcy. Maybe, you know, consistency as we were talking about. Yeah, I, I think consistency is the key word here. If they're able to put up nine runs in every game they play with the defense that they've been playing all season, this is this will be one of the toughest teams to beat in the Sun Belt. But we got to see if they can keep that hitting up because, like we've talked about, it hasn't been a struggle all year. Uh, there are games where they're putting up one run, two runs, and the other team is putting up four or five. Those are games that you can win, but you know, just not scoring enough. So I'm interested to see, uh, you know, how that trend will kind of continue on through the season. And as we mentioned, UTSA tonight uh, in San Antonio. And then this weekend, they've got uh, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana in town. So if you guys want to go check that out, make sure to go support the Texas State softball team here in San Marcos. Uh, maybe while you're out at the river. I mean, come out and support right after, right? <laughs> yes, we'll hear plenty about that weather and see how the river will be doing this weekend later on in the show. But hey, don't touch that dial. That was our recap on baseball and softball. And when we come back, we got some track and field football in esports news for y'all. This is Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Hello and welcome back to Bobcat Radio. Thanks for not touching that dial. We are back here and we are going to start off with some track and field news. Just today at 10 a.m. we found out that Alyssa Wilson, our Sunbelt Track and Field Player of the Week, just earned it after getting four first place finishes in last week's Invitational and setting three records for hammer throw. What an impressive performance by our track and field team to start off the season. What are y'all thinking about that? I know they're kind of under our radar recently. How is this? uh, What is this? What are y'all thinking about that? Well, I think, you know, just an overall statement for uh, I think KTSW as a staff is uh, we really want to start getting out to more of those events because, you know, I think those athletes work just as hard as the guys that we cover in football, basketball, baseball, and uh, they they deserve some of that, too. So we want to take some time and just kind of show our appreciation for the track team, too. Um, I I, I I used to run track, too. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that, but (laughs) I guess uh, all the records you set (laughs) on. Yeah, I I mean, hey, you know, I, I think. Uh, just looking and kind of noticing a lot of these uh, athletes who aren't in the big sports, uh, golf too. I know we'll talk a little bit about golf and uh, esports throughout the throughout the show, but I- I'm just really excited that KTSW is starting to look into a lot of these other sports and expand the horizons a little bit. Ryan, gotcha. Yeah, I also feel the same. You know, like you said, they're all athletes. We're all athletes, or they're all athletes at the end of the day, and they all put in the work. And so, especially, you know, our track team, they've been historically really good, and they've, they've produced a lot of great athletes, and they still, you know, gone onto the radar a little bit, but, you know, that's something, you know, that, that we'll, you know, we're, we're going to try and fix, we're going to try and, co- you know, we're going to cover them, we're really going to do our best, but, you know, another sport, you know, you mentioned golf and, you know, esports, you know, tennis is an older, another team that, you know, they've been, I mean, historically pretty good, and, you know, I'm a big tennis player, I played tennis in high school. I wow. won one game in my whole career. <laughs> what hey, me? One game. Hey, well, hey, it's a game. It's a win, right? But you know, and you know, but going back, you know, talking about you know her. That's I mean, that's that's also big for the program and really huge for her. And you know, it also cements you know how good that program is because you know to win. You know what you said four records, right? She broke four records. That's mm-hmm. to break one is like incredible. To break four is even better. And then you know to get you know the accolade, you know the award of you know Sun Belt Player of the Week. It's just, I mean, it's just amazing to me. And I'm so, I'm so glad, you know, that they're finally getting this recognition and, you know, that. 
Yeah, yeah. Ryan, I completely agree. And I'm glad we're getting track and field some recognition. I'm pretty sure you have something to say about this golf or golf news recently. I haven't had a chance to talk about it, but I know that you said you had some notes, and I'd like to hear some of that, Ryan. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, talking about the, the men's golf team. Uh, we went or they went uh, to uh, Waco this past weekend, I believe, to go play in the inaugural uh, Bear Brawl. And uh, they scored third. Um, that's pretty good. You know, this college, their schools there was Abilene Christian, Baylor, uh, UTSA. Okay. And then, you know, Texas State. But, you know, to, you know, to, you know, to go up there, you know, score third, you know, beat somebody. You know, it's pretty good. And, you know, UTSA is there, you know, want to beat UTSA. And, you know, Rival I think. school, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think the athletic, uh, cha- like, the change in athletics changes the rivalry. I think, like, it doesn't matter if you're in golf or in football or basketball. You want to kick UTSA's butt. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly how we do it here. <laughs> at 35, you got yes. to run it. Here at Texas State, we definitely have a rivalry with UTSA, as you all said. But also, um, we have to mention, uh, we have some news from the eSports. We just recently discovered today that our eSports team, after their win in Rocket League, they are the 2022 Spring CSL Southeast Conference champions. Got to give it to them. We're talking about all our athletes here today on this episode of Bobcat Radio. What an impressive performance by them, and I'm glad we could finally say something about these eSports teams. Man, I mean... First off, I love Rocket League. I think Rocket League is so much fun, and I I have so much respect for the guys who are so good at that game. Uh, I think the the difficulty of that game and like getting really good at it is not easy so props to those guys congratulations and uh maybe i'll become a pro athlete one day if i can get really good at rocket league we'll see yeah i'll try and pu- <laughs> i'll try and put in the hours i'm an amateur yeah. rocket league player but uh, hopefully one day i'll get up to hey, their level yeah work out those thumbs right yeah, i mean <laughs> And some of them play on PC. I don't know how they do oh, that. Oh, I know. You, no, you I, can't, no, I can't even do yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, we also have some football news. We had Jake Spavitol had an interview recently, and he shared some light on uh, our quarterback that just recently entered the transfer portal, Brady McBride. Ryan, what do you got on that for us? Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, yesterday after Tuesday's practice, they had their usual presser, and um, uh, Coach Spav kind of shed light on the Spav, I mean on the Spav, on the uh, McBride uh, transfer portal kind of event situation because on Monday's show when we were on here and we were talking about it we really didn't know like any details about it like you know it was just kind of like okay he put his name in the transfer portal in the portal that doesn't necessarily mean he'll leave he could come back if he wanted to it's just he's opening up his options but um he said in the presser that um he spoke to um McBride last week and uh after the you know it was, it was a good discussion you know all positive you know just kind of looking what's better for him you know they just had to talk and um you know, after the end of it, he kind of came to the decision, okay, you know, and you can enter your name into the transfer portal and, you know, just do what you think you should do, you know, what, what's best for you. And so, you know, to know that it kind of puts an ease in, I guess, all of our minds in a way because, you know, when he, when we first heard the news, we, you know, of course, nobody knew what was going on. And, you know, we didn't know if this was like a, you know, bad breakup, you know, if there was anything to it. But to see how it was kind of a positive way and, you know, just was doing what's best for him, it's a good way to, to find, you know, to see that. Yeah, I completely agree, Ryan, and I'm glad we could get some insight on that. Thank you for bringing it to mm-hmm. everyone's attention here. And um, but also, it just I'm very excited to see this football season. We had some assistant coach changes, we've had some signings, in the, you know, in the off season, and now we're going to have a new quarterback. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what we can do. Um, what do you have thoughts on that, Gage? What are your thoughts on this football season? What do you think you're going to see? Oh man, I mean, you know, again. I should always kind of come onto the show and say that if I'm talking about Texas State football, this is nothing personal. I love my school. I love I love this team. But, um, you know, I think I think there really still is a culture problem here uh, on the Texas State football team. And, you know, Brady McBride leaving is a big issue. I mean, we don't really realize it right now, but there haven't been a lot of 
we haven't had a lot of success at the quarterback position or Texas state hasn't had success at the quarterback position over a couple seasons and, you know, switching out between Brady McBride and uh, Tyler Vitt. I, I mean, the quarterback situation was already a carousel and now getting rid of the one guy who ate, who Spav actually trusted. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just feel kind of iffy about like where the direction of this team is headed. You know, they're losing a lot of guys, um, I don't know. I'm not really sure. But the good thing about this team is that they still got a whole lot of time to work. Uh, you got the spring off. Uh, you got the spring ball, which we'll be covering and make sure you guys follow us for live updates on all of that. And then obviously, you know, they have the, the whole summer to get ready for this. So I'm, I'm not losing hope yet, but I am saying this is not a good step in the right direction, in my opinion. Gotcha. And also kind of add to all that in the, you know, later on in the press that he did yesterday, you know, he started talking about the wide receiver room and, you know, like they're really coming together. And it's like the guys they have is really coming together. And I think that's kind of good to see because the you know, wide receiver has also been kind of a carousel. Always, we've also had a lot of wide receivers on the field for some reason. I mean, the difference with the wide receiver position, though, is I feel like the Texas State wide receiver position has always been deep. So it might have been a carousel because you saw different guys out there every week, but all those guys could play. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, you know, the quarterback situation where, Oh, Brady has COVID. Now we're going to have to start Tyler Vitt. And, you know, Tyler goes in and doesn't play that great. And, you know, it's another loss on the record. But, I mean, for me, I feel like there's only so much you can do if you have good wide receivers. And if you don't have a established quarterback room, a culture where, you know, everyone is kind of aware of what's going on and, you know, have that set mind of, like, where, the, where you want the offense to be, I, I really don't see this team moving on with this very easily i mean yeah and we're all just you know we're just gonna have to see how like ty evans you know if it's gonna be ty evans or lane hatcher or maybe whoever else they have because i mean spav also i mean just going back to the presser you know he was talking about ty evans and you know lane hatcher and you know saying you know like uh ty evans in terms of you know the way he's playing right now and how he's looking because he's always he said that you know ty evans he's always been a good player he just hasn't been able to get the opportunities due to some you know he had covid last uh, last season it took him out for like a month or so and then you know just to kind of get back on the horse you know, it's just really it, he's finally having time to, I guess, show what he really can do. Hey, I will say it will be fun to watch those guys play because, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Ty Evans. I mean, at all. I don't think he didn't play. I, I don't think a single snap. Yeah, last I don't think season. he played at all. Yeah. Last season. So, I mean, the NC State transfer, we haven't seen him play at all. So, I mean, as a Bobcat fan, that's exciting. We are getting a new quarterback. Uh, we're not really sure what he can do, if he's going to be an upgrade over Brady. But I guess time will only tell. Yep, next season is looking exciting and very different for the Bobcats for football. But we're going to have to take a transition from collegiate football to national football. We just realized, we've just found out that the NFL is changing their overtime rules. Many of us wanted to see that after the game against the Chiefs and Bills last playoff. Uh, What are y'all's thoughts on this? And now the the overtime rules that each team gets a possession to score in overtime and then... If if the other team can't score and you score again, then there you go. That's the win. Oh, can okay. I can I be completely honest with you guys? Yes. I'm not sure how I feel about this rule change because I mean I was one of those people who was who was pleading for the overtime rule change, but I don't know if this was the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, what what, what do you guys think? I mean, giving the team that gets scored on just another extra possession doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, actually, now that now you kind of think about it, I mean, it's basically like. Regular overtime, you just add. It's basically you know, if one team scores, the other team scores, and then and then the next and then the next team, basically the one that won the coin flip goes and scores a touchdown. Was just like you just added like two possessions to the game when it could just been one. I'm I don't know. I'm a little in between. 
Justin yeah, I, I, you know, when I was expecting overtime rules to change, I was expect, expecting they just put an extra duration of time on the clock, and that's the period of time, and then you just have to do what you can do with that because we've seen players score with 30 seconds left. We That same game, the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes said, oh, you know what, there's there's 30 seconds left. Well, I'll still get a touchdown, yeah. and he did it to send it into overtime. So what an impressive performance by them, and I honestly, it, it could be interesting to see what these rules are going to be, but I didn't expect it to change that way. I mean, I'm... I'm all cool with it. Well, I'm excited to see what it can do, but I was expecting just a duration of time extension. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I if you've heard me on Bobcat Radio and you know me very well, I have been an advocate for bringing college football overtime rules into the NFL. I think it's the perfect way to do it, uh, in my opinion. I think it's exciting. Uh, gives a chance to kind of go, uh, give the teams go to back, back to back, back and forth with their offenses and their defenses. Um, the thing with this one and the reason why I think it's an upgrade over the original rule, but still not perfect is, yeah, I, you know, as uh, we'll, we'll use Buffalo in this example, because they were playing Kansas City. The whole reason they wanted this rule is so Josh Allen could get a chance to score. The way I understand the rule is if Josh Allen and the Bills go down the field and score and instead of taking the extra point like Patrick Mahomes did, if they score the two point conversion, the game is over. So that's interesting because if a team could purposely go into the coin toss and say, we don't want the ball first, mm. we want to see what you want to, if you're going to, if you're going to score a touchdown, then we're going to go score a touchdown and then get our two point conversion and yeah. get out of here. We do not want to play more overtime, but it will that's be, ex- interesting. it will be exciting to watch as a fan if they can convert that two point conversion. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think there are going to be a lot less teams who are going to be selecting to start with the ball in overtime, which I mean, before it was, it doesn't matter what it is. As soon as as soon as you get the call, you're getting the ball. Like yeah. that, there's no choice. There's no like, choice. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be dumb for you to to say kick yeah, it off. Let's kick it off. Yeah, I trust my defense. Yeah, exactly. Yep, and that's the new NFL news that we have. But we do have some NBA news. Um, just last night. Now I want to say before we get into this, this is towards we're towards the end of the NBA season, and it's <laughs> going to be ending within a week and a half. Yep. Yes, and we have the play-in coming on the twelfth. And injuries is something that is very important in NBA season. Uh, you know, these players are playing eighty-two games. It's hard not to get injured. But we have some players coming back from injury, and one of them is Paul George. He was in a three-month injury, and he came back yesterday, scored thirty-four points to come back from a twenty-five-point deficit against the Jazz and get a win. Now, guys, do you think Paul George back? Is this Clippers team possible for a playoff run, or are we seeing them losing against the Timberwolves in the play-in? Hey, if we get PG-13 like we saw last night and Kawhi Leonard comes back, uh, I think the Clippers are going to be a team that's really going to be slept on. I think they're really good. Uh, you got Norman Powell. I mean, uh, you, just the depth on that team. I think the Clippers are going to be very good. And even if they're not good this year, you've got next year. you got to let these guys recover. So, you know, for the Clippers, I'm not really looking at it like that. But if they do get those two guys back this season, it's going to be a whole different ball game in the West. And uh, unless they get pandemic P, but uh, we don't we don't want to remind people of I was just that. about to say that. I'm glad <laughs> because Paul George has actually been a very good playoff player mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, besides that one bubble year. Um, but I don't know. I, did you guys watch the Mavericks game last night? I did. I did not. Do you okay. want to shed some light on that? Yeah, I, I, I just want to talk about Luka Doncic a little bit and how good he is and um, just kind of talk about how the Mavericks are going to fit into the West because. Do you, do you guys think they're better than any of the teams at the top right now? I mean, you've got you've got Phoenix, obviously, and I don't think anyone's better than Phoenix. But you got Golden State, you've got uh, Utah, you've got Denver. Does Dallas beat any of those teams in a seven game series? This is the thing. This is my thoughts on Dallas. I've watched them in the regular season, and they're like mid. I would say they're always kind of mid in regular season. They can get the wins. They're gonna <laughs> get around the fifth and sixth spot. But when they get in the playoffs, Luka Doncic 
goes crazy. And I've watched him. I've seen him get a buzzer beater over the Clippers. Beautiful. I saw that in the bubble. It was amazing. And Luka Doncic did get a triple-double yesterday. And the Mavericks got the, they had the most points that the Lakers have ever allowed in a first half with 82 points yep. since the <laughs> Lakers have moved to L.A. Back in the day, they were the Minnesota Lakers because the thousands of lakes up in Minnesota. But, wow, what a blowout by the Mavericks. And it just shows that the Lakers here just lost the play-in spot to the to Spurs. The Spurs. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Uh, well, I'm a Spurs fan. I'm so a Spurs fan I, too. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad. I'm really happy because they have picked it up, you know, this late in the season. You know, they really kind of started getting it together. Why, why are you happy, though, Ryan? Why? You're not on the tank train with me? Tank train? I'm no, on the tank train. I'm I want Paulo Boncaro. No. That's why I want. I want Paulo Boncaro. I want, I want a chance to at least get into the playoffs. <laughs> I want I want Pop to, you know, to get one more playoff win or something. But Pop's already got the record. I really don't think Pop needs to add anything else to his resume. I think he's the greatest coach of all time. For me, what I would do is uh, you know, just keep losing games. Let's let the Lakers jump back up into that 10 spot. Let's get a lottery pick. And we've got three first or the Spurs have three first round picks in this year's draft. So wow. you know you get a top eight pick, maybe trade into the top three and get yeah, one of those top guys. Try and trade up. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're also gonna have money in free agency, and my dream fit would be DeAndre Ayton. They need to get some pieces in free agency. They haven't. Really, they're they're kind of like the Cowboys. I feel like they really don't get any free agency well, pieces. That much. I mean, the Spurs. The Spurs are different because like they're a small market. Dallas mm-hmm. can get free agents. They just decide not to. San Antonio is like. You know, there are people who want to come play with Pop, but, like, San Antonio isn't the market that a Dallas is. Yeah, yeah, and we were mentioning injuries, and, the, and especially coming into the playoffs and the play-in, and one team that actually has some injuries, uh, we just recently found out that Robert Williams, the Celtics, for, I mean, you know, Power 40 is doing amazing for this team, and this is a team that we saw get into the first, plot, just first place spot just a week ago, and now he's going to be out for four to six <sighs> weeks. How does this affect the Celtics' play playoff run? That's a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Huge hit. I mean, he helps them defensively so much and rebounding the ball I mean he really does help this team run on the other side of the ball because you've got Jason Tatum you've got Jalen Brown and those guys are going to get their buckets but I mean when it comes down to playoff series you're going to need a guy like Robert Williams especially in the east when you've you're going to be going against Embiid you're going to be going against Giannis so good luck I love how you bring that up, that that power forward position and that center position. The big position, really, in the East is that center spot in that forward position. You have Giannis, you have Embiid, very big, very big offensive and defensive scores in the paint, and you need that. You need to grab those offensive rebounds, and I've seen him do it. I've seen him do put-back dunks and everything. He's hey, big boys. Hey, and don't, don't forget about uh, the big man, Kevin Durant, too. I mean, hey. He, he, he may not be big like Joel Embiid, but he, he's still 6'11", and we'll put a bucket right in your face. And I'm glad you mentioned Kevin Durant, because the last injury we news we have is that Kevin Durant and the Nets are going to be playing against a Cavaliers team that actually most people were excited for, but we've seen that Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are currently injured. Now, they're going to be in the play-in. How is this going to affect that series? Do you think the Nets are going to take advantage of it? I mean, for me, Ryan, I'm not sure what you think about this, but... I think the Cavs should just wait. I think, you know, they kind of got a curse put on them after the All-Star game, and they've just been dealing with injuries, and they started as one of the most exciting teams in the East. And now I I think kind of looking at the cards and seeing how good Brooklyn has played lately and, you know, the role that Giannis and the Bucks are on, I I would say let's chalk it up this year. Let's play in the play-in. We're happy to be here. Let's compete. But it's okay if we lose in the first round. Let's try to run it back next year. You know, we'll be healthy. We'll have a younger, more experienced team. Evan Mobley going into year two. Pfft, unbelievable. I I think Cleveland's future is good, but... Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, kind of what you were saying. Like, don't try, you know, push them to get out there and, you know, just end up getting hurt or something. And it's going to just affect them next season, probably, or something like that, you know, or affect their off season, And, you know, they're not going to come out as strong next season. 
Yeah, and hey, shout out to Darius Garland, too. He's one of my favorite players in this whole league. And uh, <laughs> hey, uh, I, I think on the podcast, I, I got to come back on the podcast, too, because I, I want to do some like start bench cuts with some of these point guards and kind of see what we got to say, because feel free to join us. <laughs> oh, I, I'm so down. I mean, I, the door is open. Y'all having some Carl Anthony Towns discussions with Isaiah. And I mean, hey, I, you know, I, I'm on the show with Isaiah every once in a while. And uh, we, we hear those bold takes. So I'm interested to hear what the bold takes for the point guards are. But. Yep. Well, guys, thank you all for listening to us. But before we go, we have to get a weather update from Ryan because some of y'all may be planning to go to the river or the softball game this weekend. I want to hear what it's going to be like, Ryan. Well, today's going to be pretty good compared to yesterday. Yesterday was a tornado out there. That wind was crazy. I almost fell over walking down the hill. But uh, today uh, we got, let's see, sunny with gusty winds developing in the afternoon. It's going to be about 84 degrees, uh, you know, winds, you know, 20, 30 miles. And then at night, it's going to drop to about 47 later in the night. Uh, clear skies, though. Nothing really going on down there. No rain, just wind. And then uh, tomorrow, Thursday, going to be a great day. Also, really sunny, not as windy, which is good. So that's when you should go to the river. And, you know, you know, and then at night, it's going to go to like 49, 50. It's going to get kind of cool out there. Yeah, but the highs are going to be like in the 80, 84, 80, 85, right? Yeah. Okay, that's good. I, I think that's really great river weather, guys. So uh, make sure you all stay safe out there, too. Yeah, well, this was Justin Brown, the host. I had my amazing co-host, Ryan Liguez, and I had the producer, Gage Sutton. We thank you for listening to this episode of Bobcat Radio. Make sure to tune in Friday on 89.9 to get it again at 11 a.m. Thank you all for listening, and have a good one.